Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com book. Thousands of you have read and dove into The Gift of Self-Love. The reviews are just incredible. So many five-star reviews, and I'm so forever grateful that it has touched your lives in such a big way. After publishing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I noticed that many of you asked me for a tool that would help you build a daily practice of self-love into your life, which is why I decided to create a new self-love journal, 100 Days of Self-Love. It's got 100 journaling prompts that cover all areas of life, body, identity, purpose, relationships, emotions, and more. So you can think of this as a metaphorical multivitamin for self-love. You can get the journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com journal. These two books, The Gift of Self-Love, The Workbook, and 100 Days of Self-Love, the journal, are complementary to one another, so the content does not overlap. It just depends on what you want or need at this point in your life. It's my mission to share all the self-love tools with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can help you do just that. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. Today, we're going to talk about healthy relationships and particularly two things that I've noticed makes relationships in general, but in particular, my relationship feel really, really good. Relationships in general is something that I'm really interested in, really passionate about, obviously living and exploring in a very present way because our wedding is coming up and we've been together almost four years and they say that odd numbers provide the biggest breakthroughs. So like year one, year three, year five, etc. I'm just looking back at all of our arguments or fights and the things that we've overcome and gone through together and I'm like, wow, we've consistently dealt with it in such a healthy way, which is so unusual for me and so contrary to what I've experienced before, which is another part of the reason that I've been kind of holding myself back from talking about relationships. I'm honestly kind of scared to jinx it. I get a little bit superstitious. And I've talked before on this podcast episode, I think it was called self-worth in relationships. And I talked about how, especially the first couple of years, this new, healthy, good, loving, wonderful relationship was almost sending me into these self-worth spirals of like, I don't deserve it and waiting for the second shoe to drop. And again, that makes me like very superstitious and scared to jinx it. And then I don't talk about it, but I don't want to like feed into those negative intrusive thoughts. And I don't want to live my life that way. I feel like almost four years is actually a 
pretty long time. And if you've been following me for a while, then perhaps you're growing with me. Maybe you're exploring a relationship of your own. Maybe you're already been in a long-term partnership and this is like a just for fun, let's see what's new and fresh to learn out there. And if that's you, I really, really appreciate it. I'm just really honored that you would listen to me about that. I also believe that It's not necessarily the time that you've been in a relationship. It's also the quality and the experiences that you've gone through in that time. So I think the first year or so, I was kind of questioning things because I was thinking, wow, we are so like blessed and fortunate and we've traveled so many places and our financial situations are good and we're just like in that honeymoon romantic phase. So... I almost wondered, would we be just as good as life goes on and like hardships come up and life happens and stress happens? And now after being together almost four years and having experienced that life, anything from death and grief, loss, all kinds of arguments and fights and trials and tribulations together, which is normal in any relationship. And then as I do like an inventory and I look back at how everything's unfolded, for the first time in my life, I can confidently say that nothing has ever been toxic or manipulative or icky or left me feeling like worse off than before I met this person that I'm about to marry. And I think that that's like one sign of a really good relationship that it's not about what you're dealing with or the arguments that you have. It's about how you're dealing with them. So I personally know couples that fight quite often, but through lots of support and therapy, they're able to navigate it together. And because they both come from such different backgrounds, they need that support. So not everything comes really easy, but I think that the couples that are the most inspiring to me, at least the ones that I look up to, are the ones that deal with things in a healthy manner. Again, that's without manipulating each other or gaslighting or screaming, throwing stuff. And it's crazy that this was all stuff I've gone through and seen with my parents. And my whole life, I just thought that was normal. And I thought that this is how fights are. And that's a sign of passion and he's screaming at me like this because he loves me and doesn't want to lose me. But like, no, (laughs) like absolutely not. So today I wanted to talk about two signs, kind of like green flags or actually two things that you can do. So they're not necessarily, well, they could be both signs and action steps. Let's put it that way. So if you're already in a relationship or a marriage and you and your partner do this, then like, good job. You're killing it and things are probably going pretty well. But if you're kind of dating or out there or in a newer relationship, then these are definitely things that you can practice and create. And same with long-term relationships. You can always practice these two things. So anyways, two signs slash two tips slash two things that can make your relationship better. And P.S., I'm talking about romantic relationships here in this podcast episode because, well, My fiance and I just had lunch and we were having this conversation about what's good in our relationship. So it feels like a romantic conversation to have. But I think these two signs apply to all relationships, your friendships, your relationship with your siblings, your relationships with your 
coworkers, people close to you, your grandparents, like whoever in your life is close to you, I think these will apply, but especially so in your romantic relationships. So all that rambling aside, let me take a dramatic sip of tea, my my favorite big heart tea. And let's finally talk about these two tips that are going to make your relationships better. So first, this is one that we learned in couples therapy. Yes, we dabbled in a little bit of couples therapy. I wasn't super open about it online because it just felt like a sacred thing we were doing together and I didn't have much to share about it yet. But now that it's been maybe like eight months since we've gone, our therapist basically sent us on our way. He was like, you're boring me. What do you guys want to do here? You want to keep coming back and spending your money? Be my guest. But he didn't really say like, you don't need it. But he basically sat down, crossed his legs, and he was like, so where do you guys want to go from here? And we understood what he was saying. And we were grateful for his feedback that like, We seem to be navigating things pretty well, and we don't necessarily need to be sitting on his couch to receive his professional validation for our relationship. But anyway, one of the big things that I learned, and by the way, couples therapy was spectacular. It was like, it was hard, but it was like, I don't know, this vulnerable, sweet, loving experience that afterward every single car ride we felt like dramatically closer together i highly recommend going to couples therapy even if you don't necessarily have a problem that was one of the reasons we went into it because we were like we're engaged and there are some things that we might want professional help navigating but most importantly we want to be proactive and know that we can learn some of these tools and that we have a person that we can always call to support us in case we are ever dealing with something. So thankfully, we weren't dealing with anything in that moment. But of course, we got into the office and stuff got brought up. And it was so beautiful. And I like learned so much about this man just when I thought I couldn't love him anymore. I fell in love with him tenfold more thanks to just the vulnerability and the safe space that therapy provides. But one of the biggest things I learned, and this is one of the two tips, okay? Our therapist said, Mary, it doesn't matter what you said. It matters what they heard. And I have been simmering on that for the past eight months. Why? Because I am the type of person that is very intentional with my words, even though I tend to like over explain myself and constantly search for like the perfect words to describe my experience and make sure everybody understands the depth of me and who I am and what I'm meaning to say. Like, I never ever want to be misunderstood, which is why I'm always choosing my words carefully and sharing myself through what I say, right? It's like what I do for my career. It's what I do in all of my relationships, including my romantic ones. So there'll be times where I say something and it's misconstrued. So then the fight becomes, well, that's not what I said. And then I go into defending what I said and what I meant by it and all this stuff. And our therapist taught me to like, just kind of shorten that process by being like, wait, it might've been what you said. Sure. And you can go to the ends of the earth trying to defend that and to explain that 10 times. But mostly it's kind of like an ego thing. It's like, I never said that. You always misunderstand me and blah, 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 right? Like it's it's kind of an ego thing. So it just 
stirs the pot of that argument. Whereas instead, your partner can learn to better communicate what they heard. So one thing we started practicing is like, well, my experience of what you said was, or this is what the past couple of days have been like for me, or this is how I took this. I know you probably didn't mean it that way, but my brain couldn't help but interpret it as such. On one side, you're kind of like just communicating what you're receiving regardless of the words. Because the thing is, somebody could use the perfect words but not mean them. Or somebody could not have the perfect words but mean so much more. Every year, I choose a word of the year, and this year, my word of the year is passion. I just want to find more zest for life in the things that I do and who I do them with, and yes, that includes boyfriend slash future husband, because after nearly four years of being together, like many couples, we fell into a routine which makes it too easy to compromise not only pleasure with each other, but our individual sexuality. And one way I'm bringing more passion into my life is by using Beducated, the sponsor of today's episode. Beducated is a platform with educational courses by real sex educators about anything sex slash relationship related. From dating to desire, Beducated has helped thousands of people enjoy better and more frequent sex, including moi. There's so much goodness I could share about Beducated, but you just have to take a peep at their website yourself. Click the link in the description and use code Mary's Cup of Tea to get 40% off the yearly pass. This will give you access to over 100 online courses on sexual health and intimacy led by the world's top experts. Let's make 2023 about passion with Beducated by our side, and don't forget to use code Mary's Cup of Tea for some sexy savings. Another thing we talked about in couples therapy was the show Sex Education. Highly recommend that show. It's so, so good. And there's one character in there who struggles with speaking, especially sharing his feelings. But they kind of show him as this well-rounded character that he's actually like really sweet and sensitive and just scared and needs a little bit more time to process. And this character is not the type of person to like right away say the perfect thing. And so in relationships, This character really struggled because their partner would be like, I'm leaving you. And they're kind of just stunned. And so the partner takes that as, well, you don't care enough to say anything that's going to make me stay. When in reality, the person was just like processing and was just so overwhelmed with emotion and had so much to say that he couldn't say anything at all. And we were watching that show. And I remember Stan going like, I kind of relate to that. Like sometimes I'm, I'm thinking these things and I want to share them. And I I want to tell you these things, but I just like can't find the words. And I'm the opposite where I have all these words. And sometimes I'm saying so much that it's all jumbled so I can see why it's overwhelming. And also I can see why it can be taken so many different ways because it doesn't matter what you said. It matters what they heard. And if your partner has the emotional intelligence to communicate like, hey, this is the way I receive this, but you also have the emotional intelligence to not hang on to and defend every single little thing that you said and kind of almost like hang it over their heads and be on this high horse about 
well, this is the perfect thing that I said, and you're the one that misinterpreted it because you chose to, because you're dramatic and all this stuff. Granted, (laughs) I'm speaking from personal experience here. So I think when our therapist said that, it resonated with me a lot because I felt simultaneously called out. And also it gave me like a very tangible action step reminder to just be aware of anytime we're dealing with some sort of conflict, right? It doesn't matter what you said. It matters what they heard. So hopefully you can brain tattoo that. One last little story as to how I realized this was so, so important. I have somebody in my life and she was fighting with her mother-in-law, okay? I'm just going to say it how it is. No names, but she's fighting with her mother-in-law and they're fighting over text, which I think you and I both know is not necessarily productive, but a lot of people say they like text because it's like all written out. You can see who said exactly what and when and how the other person responded exactly how and what they said and when they said it, right? So I can understand why sometimes people want to communicate over text. Maybe in some cases it's productive. But in this case, she was literally reading me this text thread about this argument they're having. And the whole thread, the whole fight was about one word that was misinterpreted. And so this person, a friend of mine, she's like, well, I didn't say that. This is what I said. You can clearly see it in the text. And then I said it again here in this other text. And then again, she doesn't read my texts correctly. So this is why we're fighting. And Yes, I think this whole conversation, like this entire podcast episode, hopefully you implicitly know that we are not talking about emotionally manipulative, gaslighting type of relationships where the other person is twisting your every word and trying to make you feel guilty and bad. That is very, very, very different. And if that's what you're experiencing, fuck all of this advice. Please get out. Please get help, professional help. And make sure that you are well enough to navigate this relationship and again, hopefully get out of it. But I'm talking about in just like day-to-day communication, day-to-day partnership, day-to-day relationships that you're fostering. This whole text fight was about this one word that was just, I don't know, read wrong or interpreted wrong or whatever. And even when somebody is reading a text message, it can be interpreted so many different ways. Even if the words are right there, it depends on the emphasis you put on one word. It depends on the tone the other person is reading it with, hence why most of us probably know that fighting over text doesn't work because the tone is just off. It's not what you mean it to be. But even beyond that, it's like people will read and hear and receive what they want to. So even though it's not your fault that your partner misinterpreted you and it's not your fault if somebody read your text the wrong way, but you do bear a little bit of responsibility to not just help them understand you, but also try to understand them. And I think that's a key to a really, really good relationship, partnership, friendship even, is that you're not pretending like you're the center of the universe and that you're right and everybody else is just committed to misunderstanding you and everyone else is wrong. Like people aren't out to get you. And this is why last week's podcast episode about dealing with rejection, we talked a lot about how to not take things personally. 
And it's such like a valuable life skill to not take things personally because you also have a lot of space and freedom to be like, oh, well, this isn't personal against me. This is like what this person perceived based on the worldview and perceptions and experiences that they've had. So now you kind of have a little bit of like just a little bit of space to be like, hmm, maybe there's something else here. Maybe there's a different reality and maybe I could either rephrase what I was saying or just sometimes it helps in a fight to just stop completely and be like, okay, we're getting absolutely nowhere. This is not what the fight was about originally. Why are we doing this? I'm going to stop defending my every word and you please try to interpret what I'm meaning to say. Give me the benefit of the doubt and I will do the same for you. So my very long-winded way, I told Stan that this podcast episode would be 10 minutes. Here we are 20 minutes later still talking about the first thing. So my very long-winded way of saying it doesn't matter what you said, it matters what they heard. So do with that what you will. The second thing that Stan and I just talked about at lunch as to what makes our relationship good, and this was something that I learned from Gottman. I don't know if you've heard of them before, but they're these relationship psychologists. They're a husband and wife team. They've written a tons of books on relationships, and I've read a couple of them. I'm personally not too deep into their work because it's a little bit old school slash heteronormative slash just not as relatable to me, even though we are in a heteronormative relationship. But I don't know the way the message is delivered. Anyway, that's just like my personal take on it. But that doesn't mean I haven't learned valuable things from reading some of their books. And they brag a lot. I think it's like John and Julie Gottman. So anyway, they write these books and they talk a lot about how they can predict if a marriage will last based on observing a five-minute encounter. And the encounter that they observe is not a fight. They're actually just observing the people sitting in their office, right? In five minutes, how they're interacting, how they're relating to one another. First of all, that's really interesting to me because it's one thing to kind of like judge and analyze a relationship based on how a couple fights, but it's another thing to see a relationship based on how they are when they're not fighting and just existing and whatever. And one of the telltale signs of if a couple is going to last for a long time is, I don't know the technical term for this, and I'm sorry I didn't bother looking it up, but I'm sure you can find it. But it's basically the concept of if your partner is like, hey, look at this beautiful sunset, and you come to them, and you go look at this beautiful sunset with them, then I don't remember the statistic they came up with. I don't think it matters. But the point is that your relationship is much more likely to last if you have a dynamic where if one person points out an interest or something they find inspiring or they're sharing anything with their partner in general, whatever it is, the other partner takes a step toward them. They want to see what they're looking at. They want to be interested in what they're interested in. It's this concept of like almost a shared experience. So you're sharing these small and big moments together. And it made me smile so big when I heard this because for as long as I can remember, Stan has been this way. 
and vice versa. And it'll be with the little silliest things that mean the most. The small moments are the big moments for us. And the one particular example I can tell you is when we first started getting plants in the house, we are always like kind of looking at our plants and observing for new leaves, new growth, whatever. And every time I say, hey, babe, look, this guy has a new growth. He comes running over to look at the new leaf that sprouted on our plant. And same with me. Anytime he's taking care or watering a plant and he's like, whoa, this one has a new growth over here. Did you see the new leaf? I come running over to look at that new leaf. Mind you, I'm not running over to look at the new growth on our plants. Yes, I'm very excited about new growth on plants, but I'm 10 times more excited when I'm sharing the experience of delighting in the new plant growth with my partner. And the number one sign that a relationship is falling apart is if you say or they say to you, hey, babe, look at this thing, or they're trying to show you something and the other person is not responding. They're just ignoring or they grunt or it's not urgent for them. It's not as important. And that's when these psychologists, John and Julie Gottman, predict that a relationship is not going to last because even when you're not fighting, there's not this shared, not love for each other, but almost like, I want to share this life with you. I want to respond to you. I want to see what you're seeing. I want to hear what you're hearing. Hey, babe, check out this new song I found. I love it so much. And at the very least, they could listen to the song with you, right? At the very least, not, you know, I don't like rock music, whatever. That's not a good sign. So why do I say that these two tips are not just tips, but also signs and red flags. Because again, if you're already doing these, if you already find that in your relationship, you are very attuned to how your partner may be receiving your message and not necessarily hung up on the words that you are saying and defending yourself through your words, then that's probably a good sign. But you can also practice that. You can also practice not being so attached to the perfect words. And instead, when you're communicating, know that there are ways to communicate beyond just your word choice. You can communicate with a big hug in the middle of a fight and be like, wait, I know we're kind of into our junk right now and we have our guards up and we're trying to prove ourselves right and each other wrong. But I just want you to remember that through this all, I love you. I'm going to hug you. And then we can get back to fighting. <laughs> For me personally, I think that's that's a green flag because that's like just because we disagree doesn't mean that I love or respect you any less. You can practice these things. If your partner is saying, hey, come look at this thing. Go look at it. <laughs> Just go look at it. Drop what you're doing and go look at it because writing that email or finishing the laundry or doing whatever it is that you are doing, it's just not as important most of the time. It's not as important as these tiny, tiny moments with your partner. And I know it feels like, oh, they'll understand. Like, I'm just busy. Da, 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 da. No, these small things add up. So do not sell out on yourself. Do not sell out on your partner, do not sell out on your relationship by not reaching for their extended hand. Because what they're doing when they're saying, come look at this with me, come listen to this with me, I want to show you this thing. What they're doing is they're reaching their arm out to you and it's up to you to grab it. And if it's your partner, 
that's ignoring you and that's not responding to these little cues you're giving them or the times you're trying to like engage or include them or share a moment and experience with them, then hopefully one thing you can do is, I don't know, maybe tell them about this podcast episode or tell them about John and Julie Gottman's research, read one of their books that talks about this concept and see if that clicks for them. See if they're like, wait, there's times like I've I've been ignoring you. I haven't taken that step toward you when you asked me to come. So I think that alone could really show how seriously your partner is taking your relationship. And if they're like, this is all mumbo jumbo, da 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 I don't know. I don't know, babe. You got to decide that for yourself because these things are important. They may seem small, but like I said, they add up. So. Thank you so much for letting me share my heart with you, my (laughs) amateur relationship advice, and think as I process, and thank you for being happy for me also. I think it's really hard to talk about being in a healthy relationship and worrying about envy or jealousy, but I know that that's not coming from you, and I really hope that you have some version of this too, if that's what you choose to have in your life. You deserve stable, healthy love. You deserve a love that is going to reach out towards you, that's going to listen to you and hold you when you're down and pick you up and spin you around and share joys and struggles together and just somebody who's going to have your back. But remember, that doesn't always need to be a romantic relationship. It could also be platonic, could be with a family member, a friend, anybody in your life, you can practice these relationship tips with too. I love you all so much and I will talk to you next time. Toodaloo! One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.